This is episode 46 of Sunday Morning Manga for Sunday, July 16, 2023. It is not safe for work. Let's get started. Welcome to Sunday Morning Manga. I am Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I live stream every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Twitch and YouTube at Derek S. McGrath. A recording is available Sunday afternoons on YouTube. You can also listen to an audio-only version wherever you get your podcasts. You can find a transcript and links from today's episode at DerekSMcGrath.wordpress.com. Contributions are appreciated at coffee.com slash Derek S. McGrath. You also can get early access to my audio commentaries for new episodes of Boongo Stray Dogs Season 5 at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. Purchases on my Amazon wishlist are also appreciated, and you can email me, Derek.S.McGrath at gmail.com. Every Sunday, there is a live reaction to a newly released manga chapter. Today we return to Akane Banashi and its newest release, Chapter 70. Akane Banashi is written by Yuki Swanaga and illustrated by Takamasa Moi with Rakugo supervision by Kaiki Hayashiya, English translation by Stephen Paul, and lettering by Sneer Aharin. Akane Banashi is licensed by Viz. You can read the manga at viz.com. I previously discussed Akane Banashi on the live stream for Sunday, May 14, 2023, with a live reaction to Chapter 61. I really liked that chapter. The ending was devastating to see how Akane is trying to emulate her father without speaking with him directly. Her dad isn't dead, but his work in Rakugo is dead, and she can't stand to ask him about the work, and ask him to put himself back into the past he has tried to leave behind, so she conjures up an imaginary conversation with her father. I'm not going to go too much into that detail beyond saying that it was thought-provoking and it was visually dynamic, but at the same time, there's something there I'm not going to be able to get at right now, which is that Akane was imagining an audience and I anticipate with today's chapter, we're going to see that play out as well, given that throughout what we have seen in this current tournament arc, it is about how do you imagine an audience, whether an audience of judges, an audience in front of you, or an audience that can only hear your voice, or an audience that is only listening to you online. The last two types of audience kind of weighing on my mind right now as I talk. However, and nothing against series writer Swanaga and illustrator Moi, but 
I wish we got to what is now this payoff we're supposed to get in Chapter 70, which is seeing how Akane figured out how her performance can embody her dad's style while crafting that style into her own. Instead, because this is a tournament arc, we go off topic so that we can learn about the other performers first, get their backstory, see their strengths and weaknesses, before we see Akane come in and either outclass all of them to get more points in the tournament, or she will succeed at embodying some of her father's skill set, but it won't get her victory in this tournament. I wish we had gotten the payoff to see how she'll embody her dad's skill set and style so that we can see what that payoff will be. I understand the reason why we're showing the other performers first. The reason is so that we're not reducing Akane's motivations and strengths to something that is unappealing to an audience. We instead want to show here's how good everyone else is so that when Akane imitates her dad's style and then potentially wins with that style, it will validate what her dad went through and demonstrate that his dismissal was unfair. However, this is a tall order for the manga itself. It shows no indication we're approaching the end to Akane's story or even the end to this arc demonstrating that her dad had a lot going for him. It's a tall order now to show that her dad's style actually is good and will appeal to a wide enough audience and i appreciate that this current arc is saying up that if her competition is really this good she has a lot to prove and if she can pull it off then her victory will be all the better because she outclassed even better opponents i still stubbornly wish the story had stuck to Akane drawing from her dad's style to show her performance immediately after we saw how she was putting his skills into practice. And I wish we had done so before we got to the other opponents, but as I said, that's unavoidable. You gotta set up who her opponents are first so that we appreciate how she was able to defeat them in this tournament. The difference this tournament has from previous ones is that this time there is an audience and a point system with the audience members allowed to grade each of the performers in addition to the points given by the judges. This actually isn't too dissimilar to the audience point system that we had in the final tournament arc in the ended way before its time manga 6P, but we'll get back to that series with the retrospective another time. After I read chapter 61 of Akane Banashi, I had to admit I skimmed quickly through all the other chapters that we had after. I skimmed through the Rakugo performance by Kaichi, who is a former office worker who is using his customer service experiences to guide how to best appeal to his audience and judges. That was a refreshing approach, given that we still had these assumptions that Shonen must appeal to a certain demographic of readers. It is appreciated when ongoing manga do include older characters and are trying to show, even if you make the erroneous assumption that Shonen is only going to appeal to a younger audience, that yeah, and there are still younger readers who want to see what older characters are going through and what their life experiences are like, not necessarily as a model for what their future will be, but because 
anyone in any age group does like to read stories about another age group just because. And whatever that because is can be a wide range of reasons. It can be nostalgia, it can be vicarious, or it can be something more positive as just this isn't my experience and if I want to be a better person operating in this world, it would help me to know where other people are coming from. Nevertheless, because I really wanted to get to Akane's story, I didn't initially appreciate Kaichi's story, so getting to reread it did help me appreciate it more. As for the other competitors, there is a lot to unpack with what we see from the Rakugo performance by the voice actor Haikaru, including the queer, I want to say subtext, but I'm not even sure it's subtext. It's queer potential that's there. This is something I may touch upon another time once I can get through discussion later this year about what My Hero Academia is currently doing with Ochako and Toga, but I want to see how that story wraps up a bit before I offer my comments, especially because as a cis-hetero man, I am approaching this without having the same experiences and given this awful climate we have where just living with your gender or sexuality is making you a target of violence by a right-wing force in the United States, yeah, I don't think my perspective is the one that should be front-loaded and platformed before we're listening to so many other perspectives coming from people who are trans, are gay, are bi, are pan, and I'm not interested in talking over those perspectives. So we'll get to Ochako and Toga later this year. It's also weirdly coincidental that Akane Banashi in doing the queer potential with Hikaru and Akane actually has the two depicted as children in a competition that's not too dissimilar from the latest My Hero Academia constantly showing Ochako and Toga as children as well. And yeah, this is probably where I'm going to get into the negatives. Could we put a pause on that visual shorthand because it's starting to feel tiresome and cliche. Even My Hero Academia vigilantes did that to take this lethal fight between the main hero and the main antagonist and act like, oh, it's just children playing when, no, it's not children playing. They're destroying an entire city because one of them isn't taking the fight seriously and the other one has been mentally reduced into a childlike state of being, which opens up so many unfortunate implications. It, it's not even a surprising contrast where you're trying to take childhood activities and associate them with something grim like you're probably going to get in the upcoming anime god app or in something like squid games where the juxtaposition of childhood games and really dire straits due to what evils capitalism has unleashed that feels like a story that's trying to say something whether it succeeds or not is a little more debatable I look at Akane and Hikaru portrayed as children in competition. I get how that works that Hikaru since childhood has always been competitive. I don't know what it says in addition, especially what that says about Akane given that one, she is a high schooler, but she's not that young. And two, we're not getting Akane's perspective on does she see this as a childhood competition similar to how 
Ochako and Toga see this from the viewpoint of innocence and how in My Hero Academia Vigilantes, the Crawler and Six are both really two young adults who had not matured beyond their childlike state of wonder and how that can be a deterrent for actually maturing and growing up. But I'm getting off topic and going in a thousand directions, so let me get back to the script. Something else about Hikaru's story also speaks to something that I think is a failure in current voice acting. I appreciate that for a silent medium, this comic is also talking about where voice acting is currently, at least in Japan, and I think demonstrating how talented Hikaru is, is also demonstrating a failure in current voice acting, in this case not really in Japan, but more so in the United States. I appreciate, as a silent medium, how this comic is able to say, here what are Hikaru's strengths as a voice actor, and I appreciate them because it demonstrates what I think good voice acting includes, which is, first, that you do have varied voices, and second, that you can do multiple voices. I think with a lot of current voice acting, at least in the United States, we have gone away from that. We less often are casting actors who can do multiple voices, and not only multiple voices, but vary the types of voices they do. It feels more like with current acting, it's getting the same actor who can just do the same voice. Maybe they can do that voice for different types of characters, different personalities, maybe even different ages, but it's not the same range as it used to be in, say, the 80s and 90s, but that's my snobbishness about voice acting, so something to get into another time. So that takes care of Kaichi and Hikaru in two of the opponents Akane has. There is another opponent, and I barely remembered any of it. This was Zenmei, and I don't remember anything from his performance, which was way back in chapter 61. At least Kaichi and Hikaru had something about them in their backstories that stuck with me as a reader. Kaichi is using customer service experience, Hikaru is using voice acting experience, got it. But Zenmei was a memory hole for me. It doesn't help with just how rushed his performance is. It's shown in chapter 61, and he gets his very low score in that same chapter, it was so that we could devote more time to Kaichi and Hikaru. I mean, I get, that is the point. Zenmei is the Yamcha of this arc. He is here to get his bud handed to him and make him a laughingstock. The story is sacrificing Zenmei to show that he failed to appeal to all of the judges, and there are four judges, and each of them has different criteria, and it's to help us understand that there are different appeals in performance that these Rakugo performers must meet. There are four criteria, those being how you appeal to tradition, how do you appeal to contemporary desires, how do you appeal to a live audience, and how do you appeal to a live streaming audience, and Zenmei 
hadn't factored in, how do I appeal to all four of those? I guess this is the most clean way the story could have done it because given Akane's experience and how far she's progressed, it wouldn't work to have her be the one learning this lesson. She's not our Ippo from Hajime no Ippo. She's not our Izuku from My Hero Academia. You can't keep hitting the reset button and acting like forget everything this character already learned and start them from scratch all over again. Akane needs to show forward momentum and progression. Zenmei gets shown in this chapter so that we can see a character, not necessarily someone who is just starting out, but someone who didn't do all of his homework and is falling behind his opponents. I just wish that there was more personality to Zenmei. Kaichi has his customer service experience, Hikaru has this childish, and in this case, I mean it as a compliment, try to surpass Akane, we know Akane wants to defend her father's honor. What does Zenmei have in this arc to make him more than just quote-unquote generic guy? I am ignoring anything else that Zenmei has done in this entire manga series because, in part as a serialized narrative, you had to reinforce who your character is each week for new readers. It needs to be shorthand it needs to be like a homeric epithet where all you gotta do is say a quick phrase and you know what the character is entirely about aside from being the loser of this arc what does may have to make him memorable to the audience if there is anything to get from Zenmei's poor scoring and the fact that two judges actually had completely opposite opinions about the quality of his art, Zenmei's story is actually a good parallel to the current art going on in the manga Shoha Shoten, and that's another series that I would love to cover in the live stream. I'm going to try to schedule Shoha Shotan for an upcoming live stream, although it's not typically a Sunday release, so that wouldn't be a live reaction, it'll be a scripted one, but look forward to that in the future. And before I wrap up this recap of the previous chapters of Akane Banashi, if I see one more discussion online about when Akane Banashi is going to get an anime, I'm going to pass out. Don't get me wrong, I have imagined in previous live streams what an Akane Banashi anime would look like. How would it adapt the Rakugo live performance, as well as how the audience is picturing the story in their minds something akin to how musical performances are presented in animation. And while I appreciate trying to imagine what that anime could look like, I'm getting really tired of every single clickbait headline that isn't actual news. When we get an actual announcement or some evidence that shows which studio has picked up an Akane Banashi anime, can we please hold up on begging for an anime? I mean, I say this as someone who was saying we need a spy family anime, and then we got one, and we'll talk about that next week, but man, that is an anime annotation that I think missed the point of so much that was good about the original source material. 
but we'll get to that next week and i rambled on long enough let's just jump into today's live reaction that being to chapter 70 of akane banashi akane banashi is written by yuki sunaga and illustrated by takamasa moi with Rakugo supervision by Kaiki Hayashia, English translation by Stephen Paul, and lettering by Sneer Aharan. Akane Banashi is licensed by Viz. You can read the manga at viz.com. This chapter is titled Rakuga Shinta Arukawa. So, I haven't looked at this new chapter of Akane Banashi yet. And I appreciate that our first page is color artwork showing not only Akane staring at the viewer, but also a circle of her competitors, the stage itself, her mentors, her teacher, and up at the top with his back turned to her, her father. We begin on page one, and I appreciate the first panel hinting that Akane is feeling completely overwhelmed. We have one text box with the question why and the flood of lights just all in front of her. That there isn't an audience, it's just four lights. So it's Jean-Luc Picard being interrogated by Kardashians. She starts trying to figure out why now is she thinking of what her dad was going through in his previous instances of not being the best Rakugo performer he could be. That he's feeling badly about how few people he had in the audience. That he needs to reach success in order to make his family proud and support them. And Akane's trying to figure out, okay, why am I thinking about all my dad's doubts and worries right now as I get out here. We then see Akane having a new thought, an interruption with the text box saying, and yet, except as she's saying that, or thinking it, her eyes are completely blank. This could be due to the choice of using a gray gradient over her that is just sapping all color out of her image, but I almost wonder if this is her surrendering to, for lack of a better phrase, the spirit of her performance and going on autopilot, or if this is her actually worrying. Given that she is sweating in this image, I am leaning more towards she's really worried and she's losing consciousness as opposed to she is in control but going into autopilot because that's how she's going to do this performance. Granted, her going into autopilot wouldn't work given what we have seen of her previous competitors, that being, you need to respond immediately to what your audience is looking for. You can't hold off and just wait to see until the end how they reacted. You gotta keep modifying as you go along in this live performance. In any case, we get a view of the audience, all of them just staring directly at her. Speaking of which, something that I haven't really talked about, I do appreciate that in this series, Moe's artwork typically makes characters do look different. Like, there are some problems I have looking at Akane's different teachers, mentors, and then compare that to some of her competitors. Some of them look a little too similar for me to keep track of. But when you look at the audience, it is that trope of a ocean of snowflakes where each one is a unique design. I appreciate that to lend some variety 
amongst the crowd shots. Akane begins her performance where the woman in the story begins by asking whether this man would like something to eat while having his sake. She says she'll go buy the food for him, surprising him. Akane continues the performance, pointing out that the man then says, Why are you leaving right now? Akane's competitors are watching from backstage and noticing that she seems kind of low energy. We have Zenmei being the one, I guess, still in his funk, assuming that Akane has already given up, so she's not even pulling in an effort. However, Kaichi responds that she doesn't look like someone who has given up. Zenmei also points out that Akane chose a rather typical story to tell, one that is a predictable plot and doesn't have much of a emotional skeleton, any energetic chart to it, which, I mean, this also seems like the story trying to tell you, don't listen to Zenmei, he always underestimates everything. The point of Akane choosing such a archetypal story was so that she can surprise the audience, that you lower expectations and then you bring something new to the story. We cut away from Zenmei to show how Hikaru is watching from the stage herself to witness what Akane is going to do. This is also done still with Zenmei's narration, which I find a little disappointing since we don't get to hear Hikaru's internal thoughts yet. Instead, it's Zenmei setting up the contrast to show that Hikaru has already won this, Akane won't win this, so it's again setting up a contrast. Again, I know that this might be a very narrow focus that is missing so much evidence and leaping to the worst conclusions. Having the man narrate while two women are shown in competition and both of them are silent. On the one hand, this could be a bad choice because it's silencing women. On the other hand, it's also to show Zen Makey's gain this wrong and he got shown gain and wrong and silencing women before the women are the ones who get to respond. We see Akane's eyes are still completely empty across these two pages, even as color has returned to the rest of the panels. She has her hand on the back of her neck like her father would, whether that's imitating her father's self-doubts or her getting into character. She's having to remind herself she chose to use her father's style and that is how she's going to win. But then another voice interrupts asking, why do you look worried? And you could just hear in that pause I just made my entire frustration coming out in terms of once again, having a little kid version of the main character speaking to the character. This is a variation on the complaint I just made between what this series and My Hero Academia has done with Let's Show the Characters But as Little Kids. This is at least Akane's immediate gut reactions as represented in the form of her younger self telling her essentially you gotta work off of instincts. Akane's child self is the one that still has light to her eyes. Akane's older form is still without any light in her eyes. There is no color, it's just blank. And Akane's younger self says, you're not sure your dad's style is going to work based on what you have seen in the competition as well as the very styles that are out there. And you have also seen that 
There are even people like Kaichi who also had their own family obligations they are trying to meet. And if I may add, we already saw that Kaichi is going to lose this, whether to Akane or to Hikaru. So even having your desire to make your family proud isn't enough to win a competition. What wins it is your skill set. We now get a flashback all the way back to chapter 60, the one I really liked when Akane had the imaginary conversation with her dad, and younger Akane says, you figured out something when you talked with your dad, didn't you? That's something we haven't been shown yet, and that's asking a bit to say 10 chapters later we will finally reveal this. Maybe this works better when collecting these into volumes, Going week to week, it is a bit much asking the audience to stretch back and remember something from weeks ago. Granted, this is now manga that you can read anytime on the internet. This is not manga where you gotta go back to a volume or hope you didn't throw out an old issue of Shonen Jump. And this is the difficult statement where it is now older Akane having to say that her father was weak. Wow, that is a lot to take in, isn't it? To look at your role model, and even as you really love their performance, recognize the flaws. Younger Akane looks depressed to hear her older self say this. Older Akane is shown starting to stumble on her feet. This is then undermined, or rather, a counter-argument is introduced, pointing out that up to now, Akane's training has been treat your stories as your friends, and that means you hold them close, you value them, you try to strengthen your relationship to them, and the point being made is that anyone can have a friend, and that includes even a weak person like her father. And now we're getting back to Hajime no Ippo again, because Akane's younger self says, does a Rakugo performer need to be strong? This is a bit of a roundabout response to the question that permeates so much of Hajime no Ippo, and I apologize for bringing a boxing manga into a discussion about Rakugo, but that's where we are. Hajime no Ippo, for at least the span of what gets adapted into the anime, is answering the question, what does it mean to be strong? Akne Banashi is instead asking, we aren't interested in defining what strength is. We're interested in asking, does a Rakugo performer have to be strong? And that is one of the questions of, did Akne's father give up too soon? Was he not willing to go the distance? But also, is it unfair to ignore that public speaking, public performance takes all kinds and just because you don't meet one expected type of performance shouldn't shut you out from being referred to as a quality performer. We again get a bit of a cliffhanger where Akane's mentor says that there's one thing she needs to learn about what Rakugo is. And before he completes the thought, we go back showing Akane eyes obscured by being whited out, but also her hair as she now gets more energy, throws her hand through the air, and proceeds to perform as the man, now shouting at the woman with misogynistic comments that 
fine, go ahead and buy me Odin. This is the man trying to save face. So now we're starting to see what the story is doing in this manga that is trying to parallel the dilemma for her father being weak with the dilemma of the man in the story, which is embracing and embodying a form of toxic masculinity. I didn't expect we were going to get that in this chapter, but I appreciate this indictment. So the man now having put on a performance to act like the tough guy now sits with his regrets before trying to ignore those regrets by saying, no, she's the one who had the problem. She's the one who presumed too much to act like she could speak up in this manner. And this is when the man now starts to fall into self-loathing point out that he thinks of himself as only a drunk who is just waiting for someone to come back to him. Again, not forgetting that when Akane was imagining the conversation with her dad, she was imagining that uh, the two of them having this conversation over drinks, which led to some of the humor seen as one, Akane's underage, two, she's never had alcohol before, and three, She's now having to pretend to be drunk to figure out how to perform as being drunk. Which has been fun enough in different chapters in this manga so far, seeing her work at bars to try to imitate or see how drunken patrons act before she realized this is just parody, this is superficial, there are so many different kinds of performance. She needs to figure out who is the man in this story. And one of her thoughts was, He's kind of like my dad, which I can only imagine the complexities for Akne having realized, oh, I'm seeing my dad as a human being, and that includes the various flaws he has. So I do appreciate how well this story, how well Zenega is figuring out how do you get the Rakugo to match the story of Akne's life? How do you get this story to unlock a new detail in her story that is effective storytelling akane returns to the story and we had the little bubbles around the drunken man who is realizing how much he should appreciate his wife we cut back to akane still eyes cut off still performing as the man before she realizes with another flashback to her childhood that as a child she was hero worshiping she just thought what her dad was doing was great and she wanted to do the same thing because it's her dad but because of that in hero worshiping in just seeing it as her dad she wasn't appreciating what art craft there is to his work what artistry there is to his work and i appreciate that when we see her dad is with the glasses, so now his eyes are also obscured. And then the next panel finally shows more light returning to current day Akane's eyes. So I'm appreciating the visual metaphor going throughout this chapter of vision being lost and regained as shown through the eyes. And I can ramble about the eyes being used as a mask to keep other people away from you. You're not letting people get close to you, but that would be a diatribe and I'm just rambling right now. Akane admits that her dad is not strong like other Rakugo performers that she has seen, including the very one who expelled him and other performers from the school. We cut back to the story itself. 
The man is saying that he understands that he's stubborn, that he's using his emotions as a shield, and he's using that shield to avoid confronting a truth. And at that moment, it's no longer the man of the story who is speaking. It is now her father, and it is his performance where he says that he loves his wife, and without her, he would be nothing. And then we get to Akane coming to this conclusion. Her dad may not be strong like other people, but for that reason, the people in the stories her dad would tell felt kind and warm. Now, I think this is a little complex because it is suggesting that if you're strong, you can't be kind and warm. I know that's not what the story is suggesting, but we are reducing a lot of this down to binaries. Her dad might not be strong, but he's kind and warm. That doesn't negate someone being strong, kind, and warm, but it is trying to set these up as opposites, so I kind of need to point that out because I'm going to guess at a certain point, the person who kicked her dad out of the school is going to be shown to be more kind and warm than the story has shown him, which, to its credit, has shown him as kind and warm already, just in ways that may not be entirely authentic or maybe so obscured that they're hard to see i do kind of hope the story will do more in future chapters to disrupt this false binary between strength and kindness but again getting ahead of myself we're just within this one chapter and the goal of this one chapter is to show why her dad had good skills as a performer we can make that topic more complicated later but right now we're already trying to make his skill set more complicated already and his kind of performance more complicated we can't make it even more difficult to read by now adding another twist so let's get back to the story and just focus on what is saying about her dad when the warmth and kindness is shown in her father we finally see his eyes there and he's no longer facing away from the audience like he was on the opening color page so the conclusion Akane reaches that serves as the thesis to this chapter is that what she enjoyed most about her dad's performances was what she's calling a weakness. Nothing against the translation here. I think another word to use is vulnerability. That's not the word being used probably in the original Japanese, but it is the word that is serving as surrounding context, that there is a vulnerability her dad has shown repeatedly, and now she wants to figure out how do you show vulnerability without making it inauthentic. Her remembering her childhood self may be one way she's getting at that, because given differences in age and gender, for her to embody her dad's performance as he is embodying a performance as a man who is pulling up a toxic masculine front is a lot of work. If her grabbing from her childhood self can help her better imitate her dad imitating a man pulling on a front to hide his own vulnerability then I guess that's how she's making it work for her as an actor. Also, I do appreciate that we do get a glimpse of the audience reaction 
and it's supposed to be for her performance but given how without the grace texture added we can tell this is the contemporary audience but given that it is a panel put up against her dad's performance I like that we could just as easily read that as this audience reacting to how her dad performed this kind of helping demonstrate that she has fully embodied what her dad does in his own performances. Akane wraps up that part of the story before the color in her eyes disappears again because now she's no longer imitating the vulnerability of the man. She's now imitating a man who has lost all color to his face because as we see in the story, he realizes his wife was outside the entire time hearing him talk about how devoted he is to his wife, at which point the toxic masculine front comes up again. He lashes out. Huge laugh from the audience. I do like the paneling that doesn't show Akane's face as the audience just lets out a loud laugh from her performance. We cut back to Akane's teacher and mentor watching her performance from watching it online. We now get more narration. I assume this is her teacher's thoughts because it begins by pointing out that Rakugo is not about epics. These aren't heroes. These are men who have faults, whether because of arrogance, vices, or foolishness. It's supposed to show that they're normal everyday people and that then leads to probably how this chapter will end, which is showing her dad is pretty much the character within his own Rakugo story. We then see Shigaraki's hand reach out to grab Akane's shoulder. Okay, so let's go to the next page to see whose hand that is. It's not as threatening as that. It's her dad's hand resting on her shoulder. I can't help but feel like this looks more ominous than it should. That hand doesn't look like one that is reaching to Akane to reassure her. That looks like a hand that is about to corrupt her or impose onto her. Given that this is now trying to say that there is a paradox or that weakness itself can be a strength, I don't know. Something about the staging could looked a little better to make that look like a friendlier hand. And now all I'm getting stuck in my mind is this lesson we used to do when I was learning how to teach writing. Gene Hammond at Stony Brook University would do an exercise about a passage regarding a father's hands and trying to show how strong the hands were, but also how gentle they could be. And was an exercise to take this passage and condense it down to its raw material to just really fixate on what point you're trying to make because otherwise trying to embody that entire paradox to be simultaneously showing the hands as strong but gentle can become meandering or going back and forth and not being clear in what message it's trying to reach at the end. So again, I'm rambling, but that's just something I think you could connect to this chapter pretty well. Akane's teacher concludes by thinking that weakness is fine, it's just one of many human experiences. Yeah, again, this is why I'm kind of rejecting the strong, not kind binary choice. It's basically the problem of hard emotions. As an example, read Sarah Ahmed, who goes through 
a really good argument that, you know, having a hard front doesn't mean the absence of emotions. It doesn't mean you're without affect. It just means strength or showing off a hard facade is one type of emotional orientation and you can read into it a lot of concern and yes kindness in any case Akne's mentor also compliments her on having figured out how to embody her father's skill set i'm guessing with the next chapter we're going to learn that this doesn't win Akane the competition, but it does give her closure on figuring out why her dad was a good performer and why he deserved better than what he got. But we'll wrap up there. What are your thoughts about today's release of Akane Banashi Chapter 70? Let me know in the comments or email me, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please let me know. Contributions at coffee.com slash Derek S. McGrath are appreciated. If you contribute to patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath, you can also check out my audio commentaries for Bungo Stray Dogs. The newest one will be free on YouTube later this evening at 7 p.m. on Sunday, July 16, 2023. But if you want early access, please contribute patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. Whether you contribute at Coffee or Patreon, please include the notes to let me know what you liked in the live stream and would like to hear more of. Your contributions give you the opportunity to recommend works for me to cover each week, so please send along your recommendation. You can join other Coffee and Patreon contributors such as Emily Lauer, Ella Groach, and Alexis Duran. Thank you all for your support. And if you like what you heard today, or didn't like what you heard, please check out other people's awesome stuff. A blog roll of recommended people to check out is on my website, DerekSMcGrath.wordpress.com. Today, I want to again promote the work of Ian Javier at the website Monsters of New York, including their posts about the good and the bad of the 2003 Ninja Turtles animated series. I am almost ready to share something I've been writing regarding that series, but until then, please read Ian's writing at mymonsters.wordpress.com. And one more thing before we wrap up today, I again want to point out that Ohio is trying to block abortion access by limiting ballot initiatives. Please vote no on Ohio issue 1 in the August 8, 2023 election. If you can be registered to vote in Ohio and live in Ohio, and please check your voter registration at vote.org. Speaking of Ohio, if the group Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights can get a vote on the November 7th ballot to enshrine abortion rights in the Ohio Constitution, and if you are in Ohio and can register to vote on November 7th, please do so to protect bodily autonomy, reproductive rights, and the right to an abortion. Next Sunday, it has been a long time since I talked about Spy Family on the live stream, so Let's catch up with chapter 85. Again, tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, my audio commentary for Bungo Stray Dogs Season 5, Episode 1 will be available free on YouTube, Substack, Patreon, and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next Sunday, stay safe out there, people. Make sure to mask up, get vaccinated, register to vote, campaign against fascism, and learn and practice anti-bigotry. I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good afternoon. Bye. Sunday Morning Manga is intended for information and entertainment purposes only. 
All names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content is the intellectual property of the speaker, me, unless otherwise indicated. The views and opinions expressed on this live stream are those of the speaker, me, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any other persons mentioned in this stream. Aside from the names of Patreon and Coffee contributors, other persons, businesses, organizations, or entities mentioned in this episode are not sponsors of this episode. My remarks about those persons, businesses, organizations, and entities are not paid endorsements. The views and opinions expressed on this live stream are those of the speaker, me, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of coffee contributors, Patreon contributors, or any other persons mentioned in this stream. Music today include the tracks titled Los Angeles by Music Production, Sunshine by Lemon Music Studio, Morning Garden, Acoustic Chill by Alexi. These songs are royalty-free and available at Pixabay. Links are in the description.